Friends, we are all still here. <laughs> Is it not a surprise? <laughs> At Bhavana Society, sometimes we have retreats. Sometimes I can see yogis leaving even without telling us. <laughs> I always see the number reducing. I'm, I'm still, I'm very glad that you're still here, really. <laughs> so uh, this evening I would like to talk about uh, uh, the Four Noble Truth. Uh, the Four Noble Truth, the first one, the truth of suffering. Uh, the truth of cause of suffering. Uh, as you see, suffering is suffering, so that's a, a good reason to go. <laughs> the truth of cessation of uh, suffering, which is uh, the truth of ultimate happiness. Uh, the path that leads to the end of suffering, which is this path that leads to happiness. Most people, when they come to Buddha's teaching, I don't know yet whether it's because of a little attention span, <laughs> they always read the first one, oh, suffering. Then they say, oh, Buddhism, Buddhism talk about suffering. I know suffering. <laughs> you go with your suffering. For us, we want happiness. Get on with it. <laughs> and there are some other Buddhist teachings also that are really people don't take seriously. But you, as we can see, there are four, but the first two uh, really talk about suffering and what causes it. And the last two, Talk about ultimate happiness and how to be happy. So if people can take their time pretty much <laughs> and really get this under their belt, <laughs> then they would know that really Buddha was really realistic, not optimistic, or really uh, uh, very negative or pessimistic. So uh, I'd like to ask you, how many of you uh, thought, uh, had a thought, a little bit, bit of a blib of thought that uh, when they come here they will be blissing out and attain enlightenment and when they go home they will be all perfect <laughs> and when they come here to meditate they had a little bit of pain maybe that's an understatement but <laughs> disappointment okay <laughs> how many of you okay <laughs> well you're not alone <laughs> Uh, I remember uh, in 1999, I did a three-month retreat, uh, three retreat here. I was sitting somewhere around there. And I had just uh, spent a year in South America traveling, sometime meditating, if, whenever I remember, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, spending a year traveling, museum, visiting this and this, Flew all the way from Chile straight to Boston. The next, the next evening I was on a cushion there meditating. My mind was racing, really. And I saw all these yogis walking slowly like a zombie. I said, when am I going to really reduce my speed? Because I, I was 
walking very fast when I was traveling in South America. Then it comes pain. Really, that was the biggest challenge. I think this is very common to you. <laughs> is that something familiar to you? I thought it was personal, actually. <laughs> so, pain came. It was very painful. So, what I did is uh, to look for cushions. They were behind there, so one cushion after the other. So, I ended up with three. So when I looked around, actually, I was taller than anybody. So what's going on here? <laughs> actually, Charles was there also. <laughs> Can witness that. My friend wrote me a note that, really, actually, remove cushions. It's okay to experience pain. I didn't believe him. I just got another one. But later, when I got the fourth one, I was suspended in the air. I couldn't... <laughs> so... I was so disappointed. I really expected to have happiness, really. <laughs> Meditate for three months, really. I would expect really good results. I got a lot of pain, but anyway, it took me time uh, uh, to work through the pain. And uh, I just found out what was going on, that it was very difficult to bear. Difficult to bear. And that brings us to the Pali word for suffering. Uh, the Pali word for suffering is dukkha. Actually, <laughs> this word dukkha, I can break it for you so that you get the message properly. Du means difficult or bad, but I, I want the, the, the meaning of difficult. Then ka means bear. Like, so if you put the two together, difficult bear. I think that's the closest we can go to translate this word. Any word you try to find out for this Pali word dukkha, you get more dukkha. That's a problem. You, you really suffer. You try to look out for what English word for this word dukkha. Really? It's a lot of suffering. Does this come close to the word dukkha? No, no, no. Let me try this one. I've tried so many, but uh, thinking that maybe you'll be convinced to take difficult to bear, but there's some other words like... Uh, 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 like the common one is suffering, but it really does it doesn't do justice to the Pali word. Really, really. So suffering is not the right translation. As you, we are going to take an excursion together to see what is really involved in this word. Some people use uh, discomfort, but that's watering it down. Stress, that's too much. It's heavy. Unsatisfactoriness, mm, maybe. But anyway, at any rate, always I want to retain the word dukkha. Uh, the Pali word. So you hear, most of the time you hear me talking about dukkha, difficult to bear. It's, it's a long word, so maybe I, I'll continue to use the word suffering, but you know that this word suffering doesn't do justice to the Pali word, dukkha. This among the many words, actually. Many words are very difficult to translate in English. So uh, what does this, does this mean to you? We say suffering, uh, dukkha, or unsatisfactoriness. What does that mean to you? Is it to push it away, or are you going to do something about it? After all, I heard about this American constitution. I don't know about it. I can't quote it properly. But there's a clause that says that you, you, you have to pursue happiness. You have freedom to pursue happiness. Is it? So... You have freedom to pursue happiness. 
I don't know if the, I don't know about it. I'm from Uganda. So anyway, you know, you tell me. <laughs> but anyway, uh, let us go with that. Pursue happiness. How far are you going to go pursuing this happiness? And that's what we do most of the time. But we found out that this journey we take to pursue happiness, sometimes we don't get it. We, get, we end up frustrated. Now, we all know human beings, even all beings, they all want to be happy. They don't want to suffer. In fact, that's a common denominator. All beings, even an insect, if you block the way, it tries to reverse. It doesn't want to suffer. So Buddha's teaching then was formulated on that understanding. Whenever you meet somebody who says that Buddhist teaching is talking about suffering, you remind them that the Buddha had this vision that all people, all human beings, all beings seek for happiness and don't want to suffer. So then I would like to invite you to the Buddha's constitution or mission, mission statement. <laughs> this is a Buddha's mission statement. We should understand, uh, understand suffering. Forget about American uh, Constitution for a while, so just listen to this one. So, and this is very interesting. We should understand suffering. In Buddhism, it's very strange that the way to happiness comes out of understanding suffering. This is uh, really amazing. This is not what's going on in our heads. <laughs> Do you really want to understand suffering? <laughs> I'm going to reveal a lot about this word, so I don't know if you are interested in understanding suffering. And he mentioned so many times, if you really struggle with suffering, you get to more suffering, so you get more dukkha, more suffering. But whenever you understand suffering, you get more faith, uh, you get that the, the, this, this is the way how things are, you get more confidence, glad, uh, all the way to uh, joy, to uh, tranquility, and uh, to happiness, and even concentration just by reflecting on uh, this word, uh, suffering, and understanding it. So the second, in the mission statement, we should abandon the cause of suffering, which is, of course, uh, uh, craving for sensual desire. So the third is we should realize uh, uh, this, this uh, happiness. Basically, we have to realize the cessation of suffering. In Pali, it's called Nibbana, as the ultimate uh, happiness. The fourth is we should develop the path that leads to the end of suffering, which is happiness. So we should develop the path. So some of you already have asked, what are we doing here? Why bother? Should we be on a beach somewhere in Rhode Island? Have a good time. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> this is the mission statement while you are here. I don't know how long it's going to take you <laughs> to realize that, but that's, that is it. This is the purpose of Vipassana meditation or insight meditation, is to understand suffering, to abandon the cause of suffering, to realize or to, uh, the, 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 uh, to realize happiness and also to develop the path to, uh, to happiness. So we give instructions around those four things, and then we think that we're giving different instructions. 
the Buddha spent 45 years teaching only these four things. Not, of course, repeating one, the same thing, <laughs> suffering, cause, like, no, no. <laughs> he just explained it in a very different way so that people can understand, people with different uh, temperament, they can understand. So poor Buddha Rakita has only 45 minutes to explain this, <laughs> the whole of Buddha's teaching, so I'll try my best. <laughs> I'll take it easy, actually. (laughs) (laughs) The Buddha formulated uh, his mission statement of the Four Noble Truth based on the treatment of disease in ancient India. And even today, doctors, physicians use the same methodology to tackle the problem the human predicament. So a good doctor always would would like to find out uh, disease. What's this kind of disease? So we are going to also find out what is this dukkha. That's the first noble truth. Also, he would like to find out what's the cause. Is it a virus? Is it a, a, a bacteria? And thus we found that one in the second noble truth, the cause of suffering. Also, he really assures you that you'll be, one, you'll be one, fine, you'll be well. So he assures he or she assures you well-being. So that's the third noble truth that uh, the Buddha talked about, ultimate happiness, which is Nibbana. And also he gives you or she gives you tablets and the course of treatment. And he says, okay, take three per day. So the same, Buddha did the same thing. He gave you the, 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 the eightfold path, the noble eightfold path to follow. And that's what we've been really going over again and again and again to give a course of treatment so that we can overcome uh, this suffering. All right, the first noble truth, which is suffering, uh, and I like uh, the word dukkha, is very, very important because your happiness or practice hinges on the way you understand this word. If you just bury it and forget about it, let us sip a beer or two. I'm not against beer. <laughs> and you forget all about suffering. <laughs> so, okay, if you just forget about it, okay, there's no suffering. I know people have met me, they say, Bante, there's no suffering at all. In fact, one time I say, there is. Stop breathing for five minutes and you, tell, you let me know how you feel. <laughs> She proved it and said, oh, yes, there is some <laughs> suffering. So you feel anxiety and all that stuff. So uh, really, it's very important to, know and to understand that first uh, noble truth. It's very, very important. To the degree and extent you understand this first noble truth, to the degree and extent you are able to practice and be happy. So the first one is uh, birth, is suffering. Yeah, because this is actually the beginning of our life, conception. Uh, it comes in a package. It's like when you go to Walmart, buy one, you get one free. <laughs> so <laughs> when you come to this life, there's something always we come with, that, but we don't notice it. Oh, this is a sweet baby, but anyway, there's something she came with or he came with. It's only that time will tell. <laughs> So, uh, by the way, uh, we, when we do these things, uh, it's just an exploration. 
I had this, the theme of this retreat was investigating life. So if you feel that it's so graphic and very heavy, please bear with me. It's just an investigation. So come for a, a short excursion into what really Doka is. So it's just an invitation. <laughs> so birth is suffering. Uh, of course, we know. Probably we don't remember. <laughs> That both to a mother and, and a child, so maybe the very kuze inside there and then be thrusted out to, to meet people who are looking like this. <laughs> mother, for doctors and all this winter, maybe born in winter, summer, so all these things. We, we know, maybe we have forgotten, but even the psychological part of it is that the mental states, we are always, feelings are being born all the time. Forget about a baby, okay. Feelings are always being born. Everything is being born and always passing away. So we can experience those moments if you have forgotten all the birth. Uh, aging. I want to use growth because here people don't want to age. <laughs> but the Pali word is jara. It's a, actually, it's the same. It's, not, it's just all the way. Aging. Since the time we are born, we are aging. We just simply don't notice. We wait until we are somewhere 16. Oh yeah, I'm aging. So the young people want to say they are growing. <laughs> then the other side is uh, it's really amazing. So okay, whether you call it growing, uh, growth or growing, it's uh, not a very comfortable experience. Uh, we buy good the good dresses and then we grow and then we leave them. <laughs> We give them to our siblings. <laughs> then we attach to all those things. But also, you can experience aging, wrinkles, and uh, teeth breaking, and all that stuff. It's all really uh, not a uh, pleasant experience. It's really difficult to bear. Sickness is also uh, suffering, according to the Buddha. Heat, cold, all that is suffering. You may not get fever or what, but still we are suffering with this kind of sickness. And it goes, it goes on throughout our life. Thirsty, hunger, all this kind of stuff. Death is also suffering. We are not dead now, so we don't know whether it's suffering. <laughs> but it is also moment-to-moment -moment death, basically. Every time, uh, feeling good feelings, they rise and really pass away. Where is those moments when you are having good time somewhere on a beach or eating a nice pizza? So it's all gone. Can you remember that? <laughs> no, it's gone. You're just holding on to memory, I'm sorry to say. <laughs> Gone totally. <laughs> Sorrow is suffering, lamentation, physical pain, mental displeasure, despair. Wow. It's a whole, <laughs> whole thing to think about. Have you experienced this? <laughs> a little bit, maybe. I think the, what's more prominent is pain. It's also suffering. I, don't, I think I don't need to say much about that. <laughs> it's self-explanatory. Association with the hateful, so that's uh, unfriendly co-workers or boss from hell. <laughs> so it's suffering also, you have seen, when you don't want to, to associate with these people, difficult people. Oh, again and again, life throws against our will to those people. So it's suffering. 
separated from the beloved one. Wow, that's a, another uh, suffering. You come here on a retreat, you leave the beloved one behind, so you experience suffering. So we can see all these things in our lives. Not to get what you desire is suffering. <laughs> Actually, they say that there are two tragedies in life, getting what you want and not getting what you don't want. <laughs> so we are, either way, we are caught up in a dilemma. Because even when we get what we want, we, we still really end up suffering. We want youth, we end up aging, growing. We want health, we end up getting sick. We want to live forever and ever, we, we die. So you can find out even some kind of uh, uh, things that we experience physically, they come to be a suffering. Now, at some stage, the Buddha got exhausted with explaining what's Dukkha, <laughs> with all the list. <laughs> so he just said, okay, in brief, the five aggregates are suffering. That means our, all our experiences, the five aggregates of clinging, that's form, feelings, perception, mental formations, and consciousness, uh, all that is suffering because it's changing all the time. Uh, you can see yourself, pain is changing, feelings changing, these thoughts are changing, even wonderful memories and all these things are changing all the time. So basically the five aggregates, it's, there's not enough time to explain them, but this is all your totality of experience, all your total sum of experience. Whatever you experience, whether you, you are pain, you are bursting, you want to go to or in the air because of restlessness, all that thing is within the five aggregates. So that's how the Buddha summed it. Now, each uh, of the noble, tr- the noble truth has a task for you to fulfill. And that's why I like the theme of this retreat. It's called Investigating Life. So uh, one of the tasks on this uh, First noble truth is to understand it, to fully understand it. That's your job. You have at least something to do. You ask, what are we doing here? That's at least one thing on to-do list. You can mark that. (laughs) (laughs) Now, pain is your best friend in meditation if you fully understand it. And the Buddha gave uh, uh, the one word is called parinya. Most people, I think, they're familiar with parinya which is wisdom. But he gave a word called parinya, which means full understanding. So we have to understand the first noble truth. And full understanding involved, involves three steps. Uh, you understanding what is to be known, understanding through investigation. That's the theme of this retreat, investigating life. So you have to understand through investigation. Then understanding through abandoning. So we have given you all these instructions any of those suffering that have arisen, we have always been inviting you. Can you be mindful? Can you label it? Can you investigate? Is it rising, changing, passing away? Uh, so all these things we've been doing uh, to understand what's arising. So we always drive you there. Okay, now understand it, investigate it, and letting go. So those are the three steps you have to remember as you deal with the, any form of suffering. So I think... That will help you to deal with uh, your sufferings. (laughs) So...
Again, don't take uh, suffering personal. Most people take it personal. <laughs> Why me? It's just the way how things are. As the, uh, Anushka talked about the gravity, it's, it's not a personal thing. So the key is to apply the full understanding. Then uh, you'll uh, at least gain wisdom with any form of suffering. So the second one is called the noble truth of the cause of suffering. So the cause of suffering is craving for sensual pleasures, according to the Buddha. That's the cause of suffering. Craving for existence, that's the second one. Craving, craving for non-existence, that's the third one. But when we say that, you shouldn't really be mistaken that craving is the only cause of suffering. There's also other causes, but this is what, what comes out very prominent in our experience, and that's what we can really deal with it with, with easily, probably. Hatred also causes suffering and ignorance. So, but at least in, in this uh, uh, mission statement, he gave that the cause of suffering is a craving for sensual pleasure and so on. So, but when we say craving, most people really mistake Buddha's teaching again, saying, oh, what about I'm craving for an ice cream? <laughs> what about... Uh, uh, desire to have a, a good job. What about uh, my ambition, desire to go to Uganda, desire, desire to become a nun or become a monk? What's wrong with that? <laughs> so uh, there are two kinds of desire, actually, that you have to know. There's uh, desire to be desireless. That's in Nepalese chanda. Desire to be desireless and desire to have more desire. That's what leads to more suffering. So if you can separate between the two desires, desire to have more desire leads to suffering, and desire to be desireless, it leads to happiness. That's desire to come to meditate, to do a retreat, is very important uh, to know that. How does desire cause uh, suffering? Oh, I would use desire, but don't be mistaken and thinking that it's the, uh, the other desire which is awesome. I'm talking about desire which is unawesome. So that, uh, otherwise I have to use the word craving for sensual pleasures. And it's, so, it's a long word and it's not tiring. I will be exhausted. <laughs> As I told you, it's a big job So to, do, to give this talk in a short time. So I will just stay with desire, but you know that I'm talking about Craving for sensual pleasures. That's what it means. It leads to suffering. So it leads to suffering because it goes against the very nature of, of life. That things are changing, things are unsatisfactory, and things are selfless in nature. So what this uh, craving for sensual desire really assumes that things are permanent. That nice uh, Spot, that's a nice cushion, <laughs> uh, nice experience, meditative experience. It, was, it assumes that it's permanent. It assumes things are all full of joy, happiness. It assumes that things, that they, they have co the, the things have a core, they, they, are not, they, are, they have a self. So then we meet with friction. That's why the, the problem comes. 
And there's a big question here. Do monks have desires, by the way? <laughs> that question always comes. <laughs> well, when you become a monk, you don't become a piece of a log. <laughs> Somebody who's just in the woods there, out of touch. <laughs> I tell you, bananas... <laughs> Buddha Rector has some kind of desire also sometimes <laughs> because bananas is our staple food in Uganda. So when I came to the States, bananas is not the staple food. So always uh, whenever I travel and people just give me a small banana, then I say, oh, I wish they'd give me actually a full one. <laughs> Here's a side meal. There it's the whole meal. We, we, we drink bananas. We, we eat bananas. We, people who drink beer, they drink banana beer. <laughs> Everything is banana, banana, banana. <laughs> so when I told people they love it, so we eat bananas. That's our staple food. <laughs> One banana helps to keep doctor away. <laughs> Here you have apples. So they give me a lot of apples. <laughs> I want banana. <laughs> Actually, I was coming here and I had to leave in the morning, so I didn't take breakfast. So I told somebody to pack me breakfast. He gave me one banana. I said, wow, in Uganda, I'll take a bunch of it. <laughs> Maybe some six bananas <laughs> to cover up. <laughs> because I might miss, because I eat only, I don't eat afternoon. I knew that I'm going to miss lunch, definitely, and I didn't take breakfast. So I was thinking, oh, the next day, wow. I'm going to come to IMS. I'll miss lunch, and I want to eat dinner, all this Really, I thought you could pack around five bananas. <laughs> That's what I thought, honestly. <laughs> but anyway, I ended up with one of monks, really. Very easygoing. Really, <laughs> I don't really care. <laughs> I, I took one banana and, uh, and my water. I said, ciao, goodbye. I'll see you when I come back. <laughs> but it's good to notice this then, actually. It's very good to notice when desire comes. It's not that we, we are drained out of desires as soon as we put on these robes. Yeah. No more bananas. <laughs> I, need, I need more. <laughs> it's our food. <laughs> All right. So... Psychologically, on a psychological level, craving, the Buddha said craving leads to grief. Craving, uh, from craving arises fear. So if you have ever had fear, you can trace it back to, uh, to, to craving all difficulties. Uh, at the moment of when the fear, uh, whenever craving arises, it arises with the tension. We don't notice that. You just grab some banana and all that and forget about it. <laughs> but actually, it builds tension in your shoulders. Uh, really, it arises with something like that. So then you, you, you try to follow up the object of desire, but a monk, I can't go in a refrigerator, refrigerator or look for a banana in the pantry. So, <laughs> but another person who's not a monk and nun, they really have to really scheme how to get the object they desire. And that leads to, leads to frustration and uh, all this kind of stuff. So you can see most of the disappointment that arises from a sensual desire when you don't get the object you desire. All this is a psychological suffering. So you can observe that. 
Of course, <laughs> the more desire creates more desire. It's like a factory. The more desire makes another de desire more strong. The more you desire, the more you get more desire. So you can e see this on ethical level. Uh, so on a deeper level, this is a bit philosophical. <laughs> I don't know if you, you, you know about rebirth, but Buddha said that it's through craving that you get a new set of five aggregates. So it's a desire that really keeps on uh, creating us. It has a, a, a capacity to build a human being, basically. Uh, that's a little bit philosophical. We'll leave it here like that. We'll leave it there. But you know that craving is the root of the whole rebirth process again and again and again. But uh, if whether you believe in rebirth or not, that's not the problem. So that's the second noble truth. And uh, the mission statement there is to abandon. Of course, you abandon in stages, in stages, moment to moment. Uh, you can abandon whenever you're mindful, a little bit. <laughs> The more you're mindful, the more you abandon a little bit. You keep on chipping it a little bit, a little bit. Temporarily, if you gain, you gain concentration and you suspend all the, the, the five hindrances, uh, you become more peaceful. And then uh, also you can ab abandon temporarily like that. And also there's ultimate abandonment when you really get rid of greed, hatred, and delusion when you get enlightenment. So it goes in stage. So the key is taking it easy. Take it easy. Don't think that you're going to abandon all your desire for ice cream in this sitting. <laughs> or whatever it is you're desiring. So you take it slowly in stages. So let us go to the third noble truth. It's called the noble truth of the cessation of suffering. So that's... Uh, the third Buddha's mission statement. Really, this is uh, amazing that in this teaching, and that's what really inspired me so much, that you can attain ultimate happiness here, ultimate freedom in this lifetime. You don't have to wait for many lives. It's possible. And the Buddha taught that if things are not possible, I don't teach them. He teaches things which are possible. <laughs> so how many days do we have? <laughs> how many days do we have? We have a few more, so you work on it. <laughs> you can attend <laughs> enlightenment. Nibbana, which is the ultimate happiness of full enlightenment, shouldn't, shouldn't be confused with the place where you go kind of uh, physically go to that place. No, it's not. It is a state, unconditioned state. Other states, in fact, it's the only, only un unconditioned things. The rest is, uncondi uh, is conditioned. So this, is un this unconditioned state is the cessation of all greed, hatred, and delusion. Once you do that, you are there. Good luck. <laughs> so, uh, but it's very difficult to put words <laughs> to this uh, Nibbana because it's really an ultimate reality. And I always I want to use an analogy of a river 
What's the longest river here? For us, we have Nile. Nile River starts in Africa and Uganda. And uh, here, I think Mississippi. My geography is not really good. <laughs> you have Mississippi. Okay, if it Mississippi River flood, it, it keeps on flooding. It floods. So there's one, one, the bank of the river and the other one. It keeps on flooding, so you don't see what the, the, this bank and this bank. So this is what happens in our life. We keep on flooding. You know our floods? Flooding with greed, hatred, and delusion, fear, anxiety, neurosis, you name it. <laughs> so you keep on flooding, and that separates us from happiness or liberation or freedom. But what happens if that river is not flooding? Let's say <laughs> you take one bucket of water, throw it away slowly by slowly. Or you put a machine and it draws all this water out of Mississippi. It's, even if it takes 100 years, what will happen? The first bank will join the second bank. So it will be like the way you drain all these mental defilements, greed, hatred, and delusion. When you do that, so your current state of existence will merge with the unconditioned. I don't know if you figure out this analogy. I think it, for me, it makes very clear that really there's nowhere, it's not a place I'm struggling to go, but it's a question of removing slowly, slowly something. However, however much time it takes, it doesn't really matter so long as you're removing even a little bit of greed, hatred, delusion. The, the worlds need that, to remove a bit by bit, slowly by slowly. And every time we, we, we remove, we become more or less happy, I mean, uh, less uptight, more happy. And we can experience that in our meditation, in our life. Have you experienced those moments when you have a little bit of peace for microsecond or one second? <laughs> it's that moment-to-moment -moment, uh, uh, freedom. And we, it's possible, and it's accessible. Why not help yourself to it? And the, the, really the task is to realize this state. We have to realize this, this state, uh, freedom and liberation. Of course, if you work a little bit harder <laughs> and uh, extend those moments, you can even gain the first level of sainthood or enlightenment. And ultimately, you are on your way to uh, ultimate happiness. It's not utter nothingness or virtue, basically. That people get scared. Oh, when I attain Nibbana, I, will I be able to work? <laughs> Maybe I don't want to do that. <laughs> so it's actually uh, a state of a well-being. It's like health. It's not mere absence of disease. That's according to UNESCO. I like the way how they defined it. It's not a mere absence of disease, but a state of well-being. Even Nibbana is not just getting rid of greed, hatred, and delusion, but also a state of happiness, well-being. Of course, psychologically, whenever you end uh, craving, <coughs> grief also, is the end. that's the end of grief. That's the end of fear, end of all suffering. So we go to the fourth, the uh, which is the noble truth of, of, of the path that leads to the cessation of suffering. 
This is actually the path to happiness. So we have seen happiness. Now where is the path? And this is the beauty of Buddha's teaching. <laughs> he tells you this is, the, the, this is the place to go. And he gives you the map. He goes to Yahoo and get a map. And this is how to go. <laughs> he doesn't leave you suspended. <laughs> okay, go to New York. <laughs> Figure it out. No. <laughs> he gives you a map. This is the map. <laughs> and the GPS <laughs> to navigate. <laughs> if you talk in modern terms. Just in case you get lost up in thoughts, you can even listen to the instruction and then come back to the breath. So there's not much room to get for getting lost. <laughs> Does all the gas and all that waste time. So this is the beauty of this teaching. And that's what I like so much about this teaching, that there's a GPS to navigate through. And this is the Noble Eightfold Path. And the challenge or the task for this path is to devolve. And that's what we, the instruction we've been giving you. Develop this, develop that. Be mindful. Okay, Bante, I had this and that. This, 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 this. Be mindful. <laughs> Watch it. <laughs> Observe it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I have this. People think there's another technique that will really make things... <laughs> do something about it. <laughs> the thing that mindfulness is not enough, but actually mindfulness being the path to devolve is a lot. Whenever you're mindful, all other path factors are included. Right understanding, right um, effort. All these things come handy when you practice full mindfulness. So this path, of course, stays away from indulgence self-indulgence and self-mortification. So we are not torturing uh, you or you are not torturing yourself. So you have to stay away from that. Now the proof of uh, the pudding is in the mouth. <laughs> have you heard about that? So uh, we'd like to know uh, what this uh, noble, uh, the, the path to happiness. Uh, the first is uh, right, un right understanding, right thought right uh, speech, right action, right uh, uh, livelihood, right effort, right mindfulness, and right concentration. Those are the eight. Since you came here, these are the instructions you've been get, getting about this path. But as I said, the proof of uh, the puddings in the mouth, I'd like to take a, one deep breath, just slow deep breath, and see how you feel. Let us start. And release it. I made you do this exercise because people think that the Noble Eightfold Path, they are going to practice it on Monday, Tuesday, <laughs> Wednesday. They practice right understanding and Tuesday, right effort. So they put to-do list, you know. Oh, this is very hard. I'll scratch it off. I cannot get concentrated. <laughs> we are so much used to pick and choose in our society as if we go to a supermarket. I like this, I like this, I like this. Maybe without uh, uh, this, this non-organic and all this. So there's a culture of about choosing this and that. So when we come to this noble eightfold path, yes, it has come. I'll not do the, the right action. <laughs> I won't do right speech. I won't do this. So we choose what we want. Mindfulness, sounds good. <laughs> After all, it's just watching things. <laughs> Well, 
that moment you have spent breathing, actually, if you observe very well, all the Noble Eightfold Path is there. Noble Eightfold Path there. We can see uh, right thought as you direct your mind to the object. That's the function of right thought. You direct the mind to the object. That's right thought. You're done thinking about ice cream <laughs> or banana indeed. <laughs> At that time you have a right thought when you turn your mind to the thought. And then you, have, you apply effort to observe the breath. That's right effort. Of course you observe the breath. That's right mindfulness. As you do that constantly with right mindfulness, it guards the mind from mental defilements. Some mental defilements like greed, hatred, and delusion, restlessness will subside. And once that is subsides, you'll be glad and happy. And happiness is a proximity cause for uh, to, to concentration. So you have concentration also, right concentration. How many are those? Are you counting? Or you've forgotten? <laughs> be mindful of that. <laughs> so n- now we are concentrated. So the, the, now concentration is the proximity cause for and right understanding or wisdom. So then we, we, we concentrate means to focus on, on the breath. That's focusing. Then we understand the breath. What's going on with the breath? Is it moving? Is it soft? Uh, rough? Sometimes we cannot watch it. So we see some, something in the breath. The feeling in the breath. We can watch that. Then... We have right understanding as we see the breath impermanent and unsatisfactory and the uh, selfless, selfless nature of the breath. So it's not personal. It just goes on its own way. So that's right, concentration. And of course, you're keeping already the five precepts. So already we are practicing uh, uh, the, the Noble Eightfold Path. So friends, when we develop the Noble Eightfold Path, we come to understanding the, uh, the, truth, of suffering, the truth of suffering. When we understanding the, the truth of suffering, we, we abandon the cause of suffering. When we abandon the cause of suffering, we actually realize Nibbana. And this is the ultimate path. Thank you very much for listening. I managed probably to finish it in time. But you know that it's a long talk. Let us sit for a moment or two. Sabe Sankara Dukati Yada Panyaya Pasati Atani Bindani Duke Esomago Visudaye All conditioned things are suffering. When one sees this with the eye of wisdom, one is disenchanted with suffering. This is the path to purity and freedom and happiness.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.